Kia ora welcome along to the Boil Up Podcast. If this time of year, it's for you, it's one of those times of year where you can't really work out if you should be wearing shorts or jeans, so you just meet halfway in between and wear jeans with... <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> so you just wear jeans with jandals to I'm a fan of that. that problem? No three-quarter pants these days, eh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Those like a middle-aged woman can get away with three-quarter pants. They can. Yeah. Or <laughs> if you enjoy watching the Melbourne Cup, just in case one of the few New Zealand horses in the race miraculously wins the cup like Kiwi did back in 1983, then this is the place for you. The Boil Up Podcast. It's all about celebrating the things that make us special for being Kiwi. Our land, our people, our culture. And today in the podcast, we're going to be covering the New Zealand fossil revolution. And yes, it's just what it sounds like. <laughs> um, the New Zealand car of the year, the most reliable car in New Zealand for the year. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a political discussion, not too much though because I know everyone's kind of a little bit over politics at the moment. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be having a look at some of the new music that's out and also, oh, winter has become 30 days shorter. We'll talk about that and also the Dunedin night and day worker who made a threat of swallowing his co-worker like a snake. <laughs> but first of all, on the podcast today we have, some would say he's on trend. Others would say he's the most in-demand videographer in New Zealand, Patrick Monaghan. Welcome. <laughs> New Zealand, thanks buddy. Welcome along to the um, Castle Club studio. Yeah, the Castle Club studio. It's g- great to be out of the kitchen that we were in last month. <laughs> Hopefully a little bit less background noise. Yeah, and, yeah less yeah. dishwashers going and yeah, yeah, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been doing with yourself, Pat? I've been busy as always, Dan. Been you know just doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's a good time of the year for me because it's um, wedding season coming up. So I've uh, been busy doing some weddings and some corporate clients and that sort of stuff. So yeah, been around the country. It's been good. Oh, great stuff. Yeah. What about you, man? What have you been doing? Well, I've got this eye thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Poor, okay. So poor Dan. I'll explain this because it's quite funny and Dan can chip in. Dan, was do- it was leg day at the gym of course. Always struggle with leg day. Fucking the worst day. <laughs> um, and I think he might have gone a little bit hard on the leg press because he's burst a, a blood vessel in his eye. Yeah, it was like a double take situation. I got home from the gym, went to jump in the shower and I walked past the mirror and I was like, uh, what? And I walked back to the mirror and I'm like, what? No! No! And the worst thing, it just takes like three weeks to get rid of the thing. And he's got a bit of a family reunion tonight and he's a bit concerned that all his family members will think he's... Yeah, off to Ratahi tonight yeah. for the family reunion. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have bang eyes so they're going to think I'm a stoner. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing I've been up to, Pat, I thought we'd have a bit of a chat about, is I went to see the new Thor movie. Same with me. Such an epic movie. Really good. And Taika Waititi, great job with the, what was he producing? He's a director. Director. Yeah, yeah. So lots of Kiwi, little Kiwi jokes in there. And... Just a cool feeling. It was a good, feel happy kind of good movie, eh? It was, yeah. They we were talking the other day how it kind of balanced comedy and action all at the same time. It's yeah. a fine line too. It is being such a like you know like a Hollywood movie. Mm. It's kind of cool to see that it's kind of like Kiwi humor sort of creeping in there a little bit, you know. And it's drawing in the crowds too. Like the uh, Wanganui cinema was packed when I went. It was same. packed when you went. Yep. And apparently people overseas that actually understand the New Zealand jokes in there. I watched a review when I got home because I thought I'll see what other people are thinking about it because I really enjoyed it. And one of the like most popular YouTube reviewers did this big video at how much he loved it. He reckoned it was the best ever Marvel movie he'd seen. Well, I like to um, start the show off with a bit of a banger. So today, uh, because these guys have announced they're going to be putting out a new album soon and they're going to have a new single out by the end of the year, which is, I think is huge news. Alamino P, 
Oh, Ooh. buddy. I think like they put their last album out like it was like 2008 or wow. might have been before that, maybe 2006 or something like that. So for them to be putting out, I think it all, all stems from the last time growing and they did their first concert they've done in ages yeah, there. Yeah, they played. And it was just response. insane. Everyone was chanting to their music. It was like they had like a cult following. <laughs> so I think from that they've decided, let's get back into this. They say that absence makes the heart grow fonder, but I doubt it. I really doubt it. Playing ping pong over oceans, messing with emotions, messing with my head. Messing with my head. Thirteen hours ago, I'm no longer at home. Fast times in Tahoe, 3,000 miles away. What can I say? Fast times, fast times, too fast for me. And I don't care what you say to get me out of the way. I've got to get my message through to you. Okay, so Pat, have you heard there is a fossil revolution happening in New Zealand? No. What's a fossil fossil resolution? Sorry. What's a fossil, a fossil resolution? Re- revolution. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has announced that the fossils in New Zealand. Uh, so it's been a, a long-held. I don't even know that word. But anyway, so they always thought that New Zealand only had. The only land mammal, mammals in New Zealand originally were the birds. bats. Yeah, yeah, birds. And, and bat- I suppose birds. Were, were bats that... land mammals? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Crawling around and. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm not too sure. Well, like more and that are mammals, right? Or yeah, they, well, yeah. I guess. Are they? I don't know. What's Jeez, a mammal? We're not good on the subject, eh? <laughs> Uh, mammals, um, we obviously weren't concentrating in Steve Costello's biology class. <laughs> Steve Costello? Not sure, but carry okay. on. Okay, well, anyway, so they've, they've now discovered through these fossils that they've just discovered that there, we had two species of crocodile. They've found in New Zealand. remains of, um, yeah, two where, different species of crocodile. Where did they find the remains? The Manuherekia River. Oh, where's that? So that's um, down by St. Bathans, which is between Wanaka and Dunners. Wow, they, they, yeah, that's and, amazing. And they're finding all sorts down there. So Te Papa and all these people who search for fossils yep. here, uh, down there searching around. They've been down there for like 15 years, but they're all of a sudden like starting to find heaps of stuff. Wow. So they've found, yeah, the two species of crocodile, the, um, one terrestrial turtle. What does that mean when it's terrestrial? <laughs> I don't know. No, neither. But uh, extraterrestrial space. Yeah, so. So terrestrial must mean. Earth? Earth? An <laughs> earth turtle? Oh my God, it's an earth turtle. <laughs> Sounds fancy, just a turtle. It's a turtle. Um, and two mysterious small land mammals, which Ooh. they don't know what they were yet. So that's... Yeah, they could be like little tiny humans. Well, that is kind of exciting, eh? Yeah, the, so... You know, they're they, still finding new stuff then. That's the crazy thing. So this this, this stuff here was around uh, 16 to 19 million years ago. But that's also crazy because they didn't think much was here mm. back then. So um, maybe... And also because we had those crocodiles here, maybe we had like dinosaurs and stuff as well. Yeah, well, I think we definitely did because when we were a part of Australia, we had dinosaurs, I think. And the most interesting part is they found a molar 
that all mammal people in the world have never seen the likes of. So all the like mammal experts wow. have never seen his molar. Is that what you need to be a mammal, a molar? Um, molar's your tooth, eh? Yeah. Um, I think it's one of the things. I don't know, someone Google it. Yeah. If we had someone, someone Google it. Look, you'll find it out. You'll, you'll, Google you'll suss it out. mammal. Anyway, but what, is it, what do you think it means, Pat? Like, how much of the stuff that we learnt in school about like our history, our history, yeah. the ancient, obviously we didn't yeah. concentrate very much on it, but you know, Darwin's theory, yeah, evolution, uh, baby Jesus, like all these, the baby Jesus, like all of a sudden, um, <laughs> all these what were kind of theories that I kind of took as fact, like yeah. Darwin's theory, yeah. I always just believed it. But well, like, I don't think it's challenging so much the theories, but it's still adding to the story, eh? Like, mm. the thing is, the books are always being rewritten, you know what I mean? Like, I remember yeah. when I had a, um, a book as a kid, like an encyclopedia. My parents would have got it like second hand, and I remember like some of the facts in there were just so off. You really? Know? So how much of the stuff that we learned at school do you think will be proven wrong in our lifetime? Gosh, I don't know. I mean, this sort of stuff here like, is right still going to keep feet this whole but, time. The biggest unknown, bro, and they still all scientists say is that the oceans, bro. Like that's yeah. the biggest unknown, because like, land can be discoverable, and like you know you can dig and find stuff. Mm. But the oceans, bro, they're like we just, we know probably like five percent of what's going on in there already. Yeah. That's so true. So, you know, the oceans around New Zealand too, like, there'll be tons of stuff, you'll be from fossils and stuff, and not only that, but just like delving deep and seeing what's, you know, yeah. right under there. Even yeah. in the top of our hill country, I think if you go onto the Boil Up, uh, Boil Up TV page, there's a conspiracies section there. And um, I've got a video, some guy was on Google Maps, or like, you know, the Google satellite view thing, yep. and found all these weird things right up in our hill country. Like really? little, little, look like little cities or something, and and um and all of a sudden it's disappeared, but he managed to capture it all before. Oh, so um, that's on there if you want to have a look at that. <laughs> the New Zealand car of the year has just come out. What is it? So, well, take take your first guess. I'm I'm telling. A Toyota. Well, that's what I thought. You'd think it would be the Toyota Corolla, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. The New Zealand's most reliable car is officially the Nissan Leaf. Bro, cool. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of the Nissan Leaf. Yeah, well... <laughs> Sarah just popping her head in because she wanted to know what car it was. <laughs> yeah, well, my cousin's got a Leaf. Yeah. And um, I don't know if anyone listening has experienced an electric car, but they're actually incredible. Like, I drove it, mm. and I think I might have talked about this before, yeah. but honestly, bro, you've got no lag, so as soon as you put your foot down, you go. Yeah. Whereas cars, you know, got that little like, yeah, jerk yeah. and go. Yeah. Bro, it's instant, and the power, it's like Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. So they've got all this power. They're getting more and more reliable. They're getting, well, this, it's the most reliable car in New Zealand, right? Yeah. So they surveyed 10,300 vehicles. Mm -hmm. Just 4% of the Leafs in the survey had a major reliability problem. The next closest was the Suzuki Swift. Mm -hmm. Which had 20% of problems. Oh wow, so that's a big jump. Yeah, that's a big jump going from 4% to 20%. And so the, they said the reason is that there's so much less moving parts and complicated yep. mechanisms happening yep. in an electric car because you don't have a gearbox, you don't have the internal combustion engine. Yeah, 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 totally. So it's actually, uh, there's less things to go wrong in them. And then this Uber driver was saying that if he charges the car up at home, only yep. costs him $4 extra on his power bill to charge his car up. And he's getting 120Ks out of it. And bro, the fast charging stations are all over Auckland, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so they're free, over, the, the, yeah. those ones. Some of them are. So this week, my cousin texted me, the one who has the lead, yeah. and he said, uh, look, they're planning to put a fast charging station in Wanganui and pack and save oh, downstairs. Sweet. So their goal for um, fast charging stations was to have them spotted along State Highway 1 that you could drive from Wellington 
to Auckland and periodically charge. Yeah. But now, now that they've got that in place, they're starting to put it in the regions. Hopefully, every little area of New Zealand, wherever you're listening from or wherever home is, That's will awesome. soon have their own little charging station. Because that means you don't ever have to like take time any day to go to the petrol station. You charge your car up while you're doing something else. Yep. So you like it gets charged yep. while you're shopping, yep. and you come out and charge it. Yeah. yeah. Matt told me it takes about 20 minutes to fast charge, fast charge from from empty to full. That's insane. Yeah, and they're yeah, getting yeah. like 120 k's out of that. Yeah. The Uber driver said he'd never go back. He's running a taxi for 80 dollars a month. Like what? <laughs> well, you know, because that's all it's costing him to charge it up. It's incredible. <laughs> So he's making so much profit. Other cars in the survey, the least reliable was the Land Rover, Volvo, and Daihatsu. <laughs> More than half of the owners reported major problems in the past year with those cars. The consumer watchdog recommended motorists buy a Lexus if they want to buy a second-hand car. Because, really? yeah, 57% of Lexus owners with cars 14 years or older reported major problems. So that's 57% had major problems compared with 76% of average for cars that age. Wow, that's yeah. pretty good. Consumer New Zealand said the survey found no difference in reliability between imported and New Zealand new cars. <laughs> and this is also quite interesting as well. The survey also found buying a new car doesn't guarantee trouble-free motoring. 13% of new cars under four years old suffered a major fault. Wow. This next song we is one of our boil-up followers. So when we get a new follower, I go through and do a little like stalk. <laughs> Not every single one, just yeah, most of them. You know, yeah, so most it, of you who are listening, you've been stalked. Yeah, you've been you've been stalked. <laughs> Only if you follow, if you just like it or listen to it, I don't stalk you. You're but safe. if you um, normally if you follow, I'm like, oh yeah, just you know, we wonder who's interested in us now. And uh, it turned out this um, this is market research. Basically. Yeah, a bit of market research basically. <laughs> and this person is turns out to be an musician yeah and he just put a song up on soundcloud i can't really tell you much more about him because all his soundcloud bio says is bit of this bit of that <laughs> love it <laughs> uh i can't even can't even work out what town he's from but anyway if you want to listen to the full track um i'll chuck a link up to his soundcloud page at theballup.co.nz here's jackson plumpton with twisted Bit of this, bit of that. So Kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you define your style? Bit of this, bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, cool, cool. Okay, so we're going to have a bit of a political discussion right now because, <laughs> you know, we, we, we like politics. We, we do. Like, we're political nerds. And the game hasn't stopped now that the election's over, has it? It just keeps, it's a gift that keeps on giving. It does. Isn't it? I was telling you the other day, Pat, how Matt Hooten, or if anyone's heard of Matthew Hooten, he's, or if you haven't heard of him, He's a political commentator, um, he's he's a very right-wing political commentator, loves national, but then he came out the other day and said that he's very surprised by Jacinda's um, performance, and she's a far greater improvement to the fumbling mess of the last three years. Yeah, I think the Prime Minister's demonstrated strong, decisive leadership in an early um, period of time. It is a, ref- a refreshing situation compared with the dithering and nonsense that we've had for most of the last nine years, and particularly the last three. My understanding over this foreign house ban is that the Prime Minister was sworn in, and she immediately said, I want um, some advice on how to ban um, foreigners from buying houses in New Zealand, and the officials sort of said, well, you know, hopefully we can get you something by Christmas. And uh, she said, no, I'd like it on Sunday afternoon, please. And sure enough, it was delivered on Sunday afternoon. The the Cabinet meeting, the Cabinet paper was then drafted on the Monday, and the Cabinet made a decision that was announced on Tuesday. That's how I like to see governments operate that's called leadership uh, and she is demonstrating she has it a quick chat about Jacinda and her rapid rise she's over in Vietnam hanging out with all the world le- what well, you know, know. Some, the, some of the major world leaders at the moment just chilling out there Winston looks like he's back where he belongs yeah, you know? he <laughs> getting photos of the big boys <laughs> yes. um, but for Jacinda what was it so, did you yeah. say five, well, five like, weeks I mean, she went uh, from yeah I think it was like five weeks out from the election she was it about five weeks I think it was something like that or mm. maybe it was shorter I can't remember out, out from the election she was elected uh, leader so you know and then of course it was a time of the negotiations to form the new government so only a couple of months ago really yeah she was, was just she another the deputy MP. leader of yeah. the Labour Party who was getting thrashed in the polls yeah. so they were like a party that was 23% that's it yeah being the deputy leader of that to now being the Prime Minister and being over at the summit in Vietnam what's it called again the a TPP being over in the summit in Vietnam <laughs> um that's a pretty remarkable transformation, eh? It's insane. And like then the other week, she just popped over to Australia on her Sunday yeah. to, to see Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah. She's mm. basically a Helen Clark 2.0. She's got the charisma of John Key and the decisiveness of Helen Clark. Mm. Baby Jesus is like, right, Helen Clark was good, but I think I can make her better. <laughs> uh, what two things can I improve on? We're going to give her more charisma, yeah, and we're going to give her good tea. And But then I think Baby Jesus went a little bit overboard. <laughs> Baby Jesus. <laughs> but she's doing a bloody great job. Yeah, she is. So what and are I some of the it's... things that she's done so far? Well, it's only the start. So you've got that. They've said they're going to scrap national standards. They've given free education for uni students as of next year. So everyone mm. who is a simp former now, a year 13, going to uni next year, the first year's free, tuition free. And also they've done that for Australians for one year, right? Yep, yep. So then they'll come over and then they'll carry on spending money, which is great because our, um, our education sector is a bit empty at the moment since all those Indian, uh, dodgy Indian companies got taken out of it. <laughs> yeah, they're like the training pro- the training yeah. programs, yeah. Um, so like some people are critical of that. They're, they're sort of like, oh, uh, you know, do we really want to encourage everyone just to flog off and have a free year at uni? But, I mean, come on, like this is like, this is... A step in the right direction might not be perfect and some people think it might be better to have the third year for tuition free so you know it shows that you can stick through two years of uni and then the third one 
you can get for free, which is, I see the logic in that, but. This is the way things are going though, Pat, because, you know, all these baby boomers are like, oh, I'm paying for the young people's education, I don't have to do that. Do you know the ironic thing? When my parents went to university, it was free. Yes. Or they were paid to go to university. What? So, like my, you know, they were offered money to go and study. Oh my God. So it's, I'm sorry, like, it's yeah. just like they've got short-term memory loss or something because. And and the other thing is we're, we're getting, we're about to get into the age of what they're calling the micro degree. And all those baby boomers, they might be sitting comfortably in their job right now. Within the next 10 years, a lot of those cruisy manufacturing jobs and whatnot are going to be gone mm. because robots are taking over and they're going to have to go back to the classroom mm -hmm. because they're going to have to learn. Upskill. They're going to have yeah. to upskill. Going back to study sporadically yep. throughout your life is just going to become a common thing. Yeah. Yeah, you don't just train when you're um, when you're 18 years old no, to 21. No, you're going to have to be training every 10 years or yeah, something like that. You know? and, yeah, exactly. Even if it's just a six month course or like another year or who knows. The more we make it accessible, the more we make it affordable. Well, I've seen Bill English making the the argument. Oh, you know, why should a truck driver pay for someone's education? Well, that truck driver might have kids, and because the truck driver's getting paid such shit money. He can't afford to send his kids to university. Or that truck driver might need upskill and, and yeah, go to he, university. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's far reaching. We had a bit of a an issue in of the first sitting of Parliament, wasn't it? So Speaker, they yeah. went to elect Trevor Mallard into becoming the Speaker of the House and National tried to hoodwink Labour. National said that what they did is bluff, basically bluff Labour. They said, you guys don't actually have enough numbers to vote Trevor Mallard in. You need us. And we, yeah, we're not going to support you unless you go back on this uh, select committee seat thing. National ma managed to squeeze some extra seats out of the select committee. They did that by hoodwinking Labour because Labour actually had the numbers to do it. And, and, well, and then Labour's that. argument was that, oh no, we actually we just want, wanted unanimous support. Yeah. So, so we don't quite know. Yeah, we don't really know. It's a bit of a mess. But you can't trust. But, it, but at the end of the day, everything and nothing happened because he's still he's now the speaker. So exactly. What I want to know, Pat, is. What do you want to know, Dan? How they're going to sort out the summer's chippy shortage. Yeah, so like they're, they're wanting to build all these homes, but you're saying... That oh, no, I'm like... talking about the actual um, chippy chippies. Like, because... <laughs> I thought like you meant builders. Then <laughs> <laughs> you... Oh, well, we've got two... Like, maybe it's just a chippy No, no, thing. no, the, the potato shortage. But did you yeah. hear that it was like a, a... Not a hoax, but someone was saying that it's actually not... So there's not a, a shortage of crisping potatoes? No, I don't think there is. Someone, oh. uh, well, there was. There was this massive panic about it, yeah. you know? And then um, they came back and said, actually, don't worry, uh, we got it wrong. Oh. But they might have, I don't know, they might have reneged on that, but that's what I heard. Oh, okay. I think well, we're going to be okay. Oh. I think oh. you're going to have your bluebirds. Thank your, goodness. You, you're not going to have to transition over to Doritos or something, that, you know, <laughs> corn. Oh, not American chips. <laughs> Quick go over some of these new music videos that come out. Teeks, our boy Teeks, that we talk about quite a bit. He's got a new um, video out for his track, Never Be Apart. Drax Project, so we featured track Drax Project over a year ago when they were still kind of a little bit undergroundy, and I was just fascinated by them. Such mm. a unique sound, they're real, real awesome. Since then, they have just completely blown up. I don't know if it's because we featured them on the podcast. Man, we are at the cutting edge. <laughs> but yeah, so the sad thing about that though is once you get to a certain point, the only way to get bigger is to go commercial, mm. and that's sadly what they've had to do. Like. Uh, the, the, the new song that's come out, I can't remember what it's called, it, it's still good, but it is very commercialised and the music video that I've just put out for it is very token commercial video, but good on them because they're out there, they're, they're making big ground. The New Zealand Music Awards are coming up next week, the 16th of November. This next track, it came out in 1993 
It's a girl from Fakatane, Imapaki. It won Best Songwriter in 1993. Also was the most played video in 1994. So I'm going to chuck this up on um, theballup.co.nz as one of our feature videos for the for the month, and also I'll chuck Teach's new video up there. Might even chuck Jack's project's new video up there. Yeah, cool. Oh, there'll be all sorts of videos for you to watch there anyway. This one here is Emma Pucky with System Virtue. has shortened by 30 days so it's shorter 30 days for us that's a chinese conspiracy dan i'll stop you there is it actually <laughs> <laughs> that's what donald trump would say <laughs> yeah so it's um it's shorter 30 days for us than it was for our grandparents yeah so not what we were saying 19 i've actually got the numbers here now so i'm not just making up off the top of my head like when i told, was telling you about it last time <laughs> the new zealand temperature records date back to 1909 this guy compared the records between 1909 and 1938 to 1987 to 2016 okay and found that we've basically lost 30 days of winter each side of the winter so 15 have been lost to uh, spring 15 have been lost to autumn is yeah, that right yeah, yeah that's yeah. right yeah if you're good at maths good stuff pat off the top nice. of the yeah, quick, calculator quick. which is good because we can grow more crops and actually you notice they used to do one lot of silage a lot yeah. of people getting two lots of silage out of one paddock now well, I have to say, like, this winter didn't seem that bad to me. Like, for me, it was terrible. <laughs> Dan. I barely coped. Yeah, he almost shipped over to Aussie again, you know. <laughs> but he hung in there. He, he hung in there. Yeah. But, like, you know, in terms of, like, the length of it, though, like, yes, we did have, like, a cold period. Mm. But that wasn't that long, man. Have you noticed there's less frosts as well? Apparently, yep. there's a worldwide phenomenon. There's less, less frosts now everywhere. Yeah. Is that yeah. a good thing? or? I don't think it's a very good thing. No. Um, especially for. Actually, I heard the other day, Antarctica has got. A plume of magma sitting 20k's below the surface. Actually, no, it's only two kilometres below the surface, I think. And that should be melting the ice, you think, wouldn't it? Yeah, we think so. Anyway, back to the, the climate in New Zealand. We can grow more crops, but it also creates more pests and diseases because they, they thrive in warmer weather. True. But what do you think climate change is going to mean for New Zealand? I know like, a lot of these islands surrounding us are going to be flooded and they're going to have nowhere to live. For one, you've got that we're coastal as well. Mm. I mean, so those places living right on the you know the water's edge they'll be in danger of course but then also things like 
just what we're able to grow, what we're able, you know, like our climate's catered towards things like grapes and mm. and uh, Ki- fruit. And yeah, ki- actually, kiwi fruit is going to be a big problem. Exactly, because well, they can't just... grow it up north anymore, and pretty soon they're not going to be able to grow it in um, Hawke's Bay. It's going to be too hot for the kiwi. Why fruit. can't they do it up north? Is it too too hot? Too hot. Yeah. yeah. See, so we've got to find the. Uh, it's going to gradually move south, more and more south. Eh? Mm, yeah. This is probably the windiest spring that we've ever had. Because you get out there on your scooter quite often. I you do. Feel, you feel your wind in the hair. That's and... right. I, I'm tuned into like <laughs> subtle wind changes. <laughs> a Dunedin night and day worker made a threat to swallow his co-worker like a snake <laughs> if they threw away a banoffee pie. <laughs> banoffee pie. I don't even know what a banoffee pie is. <laughs> oh mate, banoffee pie. What is it? I think it's like banana and cream and... <laughs> All kind of good. Would you swallow your coworker like a snake if they threw <laughs> one of those out? There's, how did this get out? This um, was in the Otago Daily Times. <laughs> of I read course this. it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, he's been awarded six thousand dollars for unjustified dismissal. <laughs> so he got fired because he, he said got this. fired for it. Yeah, but he, like it's physically impossible. We can't dislocate <laughs> our jaw like a snake. <laughs> who made that complaint? Eh? I want to know. Like, who went to their boss and said? Uh, we've got to get rid of this guy. But uh, One witness um, said that when customers left, he'd lose focus and he'd just start staring into space. <laughs> <laughs> so it might have been like, you know, have, have a few problems going on. They just use it as their excuse. But it turns out it wasn't really a good enough excuse. If you're like me, I'm into my vocal music. You're a musician, so you're probably been to a bit of uh, I, like I really the... like my vocals because I can sing along with them. Yeah, no, know? totally. Yeah. But, so, but today I thought I won't be so biased. And we'll look at this guy. His name's Bank, B-A-Y-N-K. Nice. Like Bank. Bank. Have you heard of him? No. He's kind of into the, you know, like... The, like, um, like drum and bass style stuff, or... Yeah, like the like stuff you hear on, like, George FM and... Like, oh, dance sure. music, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. His real name is Hayden James. He released this track we we're about to play 13 days ago, and it's already had 1.3 million streams on SoundCloud. He's hitting a global audience, no doubt. Yeah, so I pretty, I think maybe someone over in um, America's taking him on because he's over there touring around at the moment. Cool. So check this out. It's Bank. It's what you need. Boy, you had it from the start. Play the game, you played your part. Heavy hearts and cautious dreams. Cause to make believe Boy, you had it from the start Had my head, you have my heart Boy, looking for is me Recycling is at risk in New Zealand. What's happening here is China takes more than half of the world's waste exports. Yeah. It announced in July that it's going to ban imports of certain waste products by the end of the year because tam- contaminants mixed with the imports, in, like the imported recycling, mm. have been seriously polluting its environment. It's probably not the only thing in polluting its <laughs> environment, but it's good. Like China is making huge efforts to improve yeah, the environment. They are. They're um, starting like lots of 
They've, I think they've got the biggest solar power farm in the world or something. It's like the shape of a panda. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take your hat off to them. They are making a huge effort. No, they are. It's a problem for us, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a big it, problem for us because... Who's going to handle all that recycling? Yeah, a lot of our recycling goes to China. Uh, where is it? The Ministry of the Environment said in 2016, China took uh, $21 million worth of products that would be caught up in the ban. So $21 million of our waste wow. would not be able not to go to China. Not so they'd have to go somewhere else. Exactly. Or processed here. So in that, there's $8.2 million worth of plastic, $9.6 million of unsorted paper, $3 million of steel slag. Oh, the media and other people put so much emphasis on China being like the source of all these problems. Yeah, but it actually takes a lot of it back. Yeah, exactly. And so all of a sudden if they say, actually, we're not going to take that anymore. Yeah. Everyone's like freaking out because all of a sudden... What's going to happen here? Do we have too much packaging? We need to... We if we do. If we can't process all the recycling here and we can't send it to China, like yeah. I didn't realise what we've been doing, but we have been doing, we need to stop it at its source. So if you look in the last few months, a few things have been happening like Woolworths are going to, are looking at banning plastic bags, mm. Countdown's going to do it with in two years those sort of things those sort of measures are really good because it just reduces your subway give your subway to you in yep. a paper Change bag now yeah. paper bag and I, like, I think it tastes better if it's out of a paper it bag it looks cool as well yeah. like it's a traditional sandwich bag yeah. almost, hey? so like those sort of measures are good and then the other measures would be processing some of it here I mean that would create jobs it would make us sustainable as our own little entity rather mm. than having to, the fact that we actually have to ship it off to China it's ridiculous I like to finish with an acoustic song and you've probably heard this guy before, We've got a hit called Move On, which is pretty big. His name is Mitch James, but what I didn't know about him is he's over in Amsterdam. He spent 40 nights, over 40 nights homeless, sleeping on the streets in Amsterdam. He was saying that's what made him the musician he is today. Wow. It made him a man, it made him a better musician. And do you think, Pat, like people... I, I go through before the podcast and listen to a lot of music, trying to find stuff for this, and... You know, some bands might just not quite have it. Yeah. And you know, you can just tell it's because maybe they just don't have that, um, they're not putting that emotion into it. Don't. Like, I don't want to sound like Stephen Cow or whatever his name is. <laughs> Simon Cow. Simon Cow. Well, I know what you're saying, that these people have got more to sing about or more depth to their music. Yeah. More depth though, like it's not just yeah. like sprinkling something. That's exactly it, yeah. yeah. It's depth. This is his acoustic track, Always to Say Goodbye. Catch you next time on the Bullet Podcast. You wait for me to say it Static on the line You break in While these conversations Play out in my mind Well I can see the look in your eye See the look in your eyes I don't wanna 